Hello, welcome back to the PCOS Nutritionist Podcast. If we haven't met yet, my name's Claire. I'm a registered nutritionist and I have a degree in exercise science as well. And I focus purely on PCOS because I have it too and I know how damn annoying some of those symptoms can be. So this is our rapid fire Q&A podcast, Ask Me Anything, um, where I put a question box on Instagram stories each week. And I pick out ones, especially if they're related to the topic that we've been talking about this week. So this week we're talking all about fertility. So I am pulling out as many questions as I can to get through in the next 10 minutes to ask your questions about things. So first question is, uh, the question was, how long does it take to get your fertility back or how long to see some changes? Really good question, really hard to answer as well because it is so dependent on you as a woman. We're all very, very, very different bodies and we have different things going on. So even though you have PCOS and I have PCOS, we likely have very different underlying things going on that are causing our bodies to go a bit haywire. Um, And this is because PCOS isn't a disease, it's a syndrome, which is all a syndrome is, is just a collection of symptoms that are grouped together to help the medical profession understand or give us a name, right? So it's like, oh, okay, you've got those missing periods or your periods are really like long. Um, You've also got cysts on your ovaries and maybe you also have some other symptoms like acne or hair growth or high testosterone. So yeah, great, we'll put you into this group so we can understand you and give you a name. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's the same thing that's causing it. So for me, it could be insulin resistance and high stress hormones. For you, it could be a thyroid condition. Okay. So um, the from a clinical perspective, I do see though that periods, getting your periods more regular and ovulating again on a more timely fashion is one of the first things that our body does, right? And I think this comes down to the basic fact that Reproduction is the single most basic um, instinct that we have, closely followed by, well, closely following survival. So our body, first thing we want to do is we want to survive. The second thing we want to do is reproduce. So we, I have noticed clinically over many years that it can only take just some small changes and our body can respond quite rapidly to that by improving or reducing the time between our cycles and then that what that is meaning is that our body is ovulating more regularly okay so if you're getting a cycle at the moment that's say 90 days long that means that your body has been attempting to ovulate maybe you know 10 times before it finally is able to do so and then you get a period following that so that's that's all that's happening is your body is attempting every pretty every every week or 10 days or so to ovulate again and it just can't quite get there so it'll try again and again So for this reason, sometimes all it can take is just some simple tweaks in your lifestyle for say, if, you know, and really it's about working out, well, what's stopping your body from ovulating? So what's, what's stopping it from being able to release that egg? So is it your insulin? Is it your stress hormones? Um, Is it, you know, you've got hypothyroidism or, you know, chronic inflammation, or is it a combination of few of those? Is it that you're just not eating enough? And so once we understand what that mechanism is that's stopping your body from ovulating, then we can actually put the right plan in place. Okay, so if it's that you're not eating enough, well, easy. Let's get you eating more and probably eating more than you ever thought was necessary. If it's that your insulin's stopping your body from ovulating, and I talked all about how this happens in the the last uh, the episode prior to this one, 
you can go back and listen to that. But if, if, it's that, if that's the case, then let's change the, what you're eating to bring your insulin down. Let's get you exercising to help improve your body sensitivity to that insulin. So that's why I say that once we know what the problem is, then it can be really easy to resolve. And this is, I mean, I've seen this time and time again with women that I've worked with, um, that they might be, you know, their periods might be 90 days long. And within four months, that's down to 30 days. Within four or five months, they're pregnant. And I've got so many case studies of women that I've worked with, you know, You'll hear them on the podcast. I'll share them, share some YouTube videos of them in my Instagram stories. Um, and you can see that actually those women are, this has happened to them relatively quickly. And sometimes it can just take a few minor tweaks. Um, on the opposite side, I've also worked with women who were taken, you know, six months, a year, 18 months to get that, to, to, for them to get into the same position. So there is no one size fits all. And I can definitely never guarantee you how long it would take. And I think that anyone that is trying to guarantee you, oh yeah, I can get you, you know, back fertile or get you pregnant within a few months is run for the hills because no one can guarantee you that. So just, um, but what I would say is that all you can do is fo focus on the things, the basics, right? So as I talked about in the last episodes, those three fertile ingredients. So have you got a egg are you able to release an egg have you got the ingredient of an egg and a sperm is your partner's sperm optimal if not go and work on fixing that if you're not ovulating or if your body is attempting to ovulate more than a few times so your cycles are sort of more than 40 50 days long um, you can still potentially get pregnant there but you just it's just a lot harder to know when you're fertile so you can figure out, A, figure out why your body is trying or taking a lot longer to ovulate and fix that. And then also um, that will help improve the quality of your egg as well. Secondly, you can learn how to identify when you're fertile in your cycle. And that is really simple stuff. So it's just using body temperature and cervical fluid. Um, our program Educated will help you understand that. Um, and then... If you've got enough to so the th last fertile ingredient, so the second one was the timing thing, so knowing when you're fertile, and the last fertile ingredient is that you have your uterus is staying intact long enough for that little fertilized egg to burrow in there and go, body, don't give me a period, I'm pregnant here, keep this lining intact so we can use it to help form a little nest for the baby. And that in the baking context is in the fertile ingredients is like having a cake mold that your cake can actually, uh, can actually bake in. So those are the simple things. And if we get those right, then generally we can, uh, fertility can return quite quickly. Um, if it's not returning quickly, then generally it's because we've missed something. Um, there's a, you know, a, a big outstanding factor there, like we haven't realized that your insulin's not functioning properly or there's some other factor. Um, of course, there's a lot of women who, as well, though, who will have multiple things going on so maybe they have PCOS and also they have endometriosis and so there's some other factors there there's high you know immune levels um, or there's blockages in the fallopian tube something else going on so that's why I can never give you a like a time period but it um, when it's just a hormonal factor like PCOS that can often be within a matter of months cool so I help I hope that helped you understand the time factor Next question we're going to pick out is one about um, chemical pregnancies. So I think this was Lainey. Why do chemical pregnancies happen? 
So chemical pregnancy is a very early pregnancy that um, you miscarry generally within the first couple of weeks. So for a lot of people, they won't even know that they're pregnant um, before they then miscarry. So I have done a whole episode on PCOS and miscarriage risk. And the same thing really applies. So all a chemical pregnancy is a very is, is a very early pregnancy. So it, um, before it, then um, you get the miscarriage. So it will show up on a uh, pregnancy test. So you'll get a positive pregnancy test. But then when the when they do an ultrasound, they won't find anything, and that's because the miscarriage has happened already. So the same things apply. Um, if you want me to go back and listen to that episode, you can. But the same things apply. Um, many pregnancies are due to chromosomal abnormalities where the body decides this is actually not going to be a viable baby so therefore we're not going to put all of our energy into growing this baby for it then not to survive for very long so it'll choose to abort that and can abort that at a very early age but also a lot of pregnancies um, so we can see from PCOS that the pregnancy risk may be a lot higher sorry the miscarriage risk in PCOS may be a lot higher than other women so that says that there's more than just the chromosomal abnormalities going on and for many women this could be due to the fact that they have low progesterone levels which again goes back generally goes back to that root cause especially if the root cause is high insulin basically what high insulin does is through a I won't go into the exact details about how it does this but what it can do is it can result in low levels of progesterone and progesterone is what keeps that uterine lining the nest for the for the little um, fertilized egg or the cake mold if you like to think about it in that baking analogy that's what keeps that in place without it falling away okay so it it is the thing that um, the message has to be able to get up to our brain to say stop don't give us a period we're pregnant, we need to keep that uterine lining in place. So your progesterone levels have to stay high. That is the message that goes to the brain. Okay, The progesterone level is the message. So it's got to stay high to, to be able to keep that, that nest in place. And if your progesterone levels drop too soon, that will result in a early miscarriage. They can also drop later as well in the pregnancy, which can result in a later miscarriage as well. So um, there are many things that can be done about that, um, but the first being try and figure out that root cause. So if there is something else going on, like you know high levels of insulin, then you've got to fix that to then be able to allow your body to have enough progesterone. Um, also, produced early progesterone supplementation can be helpful as well. So, but the, the trick is actually knowing that you're pregnant before to be able to put any of those steps in place. So when it comes to something like progesterone therapy, generally you'd be, um, the pregnancy loss would occur before you know and to be able to supplement with natural progesterone. So really it's about fixing that root cause is, the, is definitely the, the best way to go about it. But also you can know that you're pregnant before a um, pregnancy test shows up because if you're are charting your cycles and your body temperature you'll see that your temperature rise stays high longer than say 18 days and if that's the case then you're pregnant right that's a really early indicator of pregnancy and so this again that's why charting your cycles and with your body temperature and cervical cervical fluid is so crucial for fertility not just to you know make sure you're timing intercourse correctly but to pick up any other issues like a where your luteal phase the phase after 
uh, ovulation is too short or and also it can be the first indicator of the pickup that you are actually pregnant and um, you know it could be that when you can go and do the f- earliest progesterone test to check that you have enough progesterone to actually um, keep that nest intact for the baby so that would that is what why um, just a, a brief overview of a couple of things that can cause early stage pregnancy loss as I said not all of them are preventable um, but likelihood is that some of them are and you just got to have enough progesterone being one of the one of the main things um, definitely not the only thing uh, by far but just one of the main things that I see and oh we're at 12 minutes 41 now so last question we've got is from Erin how would losing an ovary affect PCOS so Erin I'm going to ask answer this in how would losing an ovary affect fertility um, because I think that's probably what you're meaning so what happens is that when you've got two ovaries um, your ovaries will alternate between who will release an egg which month or which cycle so maybe your left ovary will release an egg this cycle then your right ovary will release an egg next cycle sometimes they can go two for one Um, so it might be right right left 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 right etc but generally they alternate when you've got one ovary, that ovary then takes over that full job. So it will just start to, uh, it will just ov- ov- will release the egg every month or every cycle because you don't have that other ovary, the sister ovary doing the same thing. So think about your ovaries as, um, as sisters. So they will sort of uh, work together. But when you've only got an only child, one, it'll just take over the, the brunt of that work and do it. Um, same thing for men as well if they lose one testicle. The other testicle will become more enlarged, and it will start to do the job of the two testicles. Okay, so um, the generally, in, in many cases, it doesn't affect fertility, um, but in some cases, it can. So, just a lot of that is due to where the fallopian tube is in relation to that remaining ovary. So, your fallopian tube. So, what you've got is you've got your uterus, and that goes into your fallopian tubes, and then you have your ovaries. The ovaries are not actually attached to the fallopian tubes; they're kind of what the ovary will do is it sort of will release it out kind of like a ball you know when you are playing those games and you've got to try and like um release like I don't know like a pinball or something like that and it goes catches to a like tube down below but the, t- the tube is not actually attached to where you're releasing the ball from so um you've just got to have a fallopian tube that's near the ovary so it can actually catch that egg that's been released um, so talk to your doctor. It really depends on whether there is a fallopian tube nearby, and of course whether that fallopian tube is open or whether there's been some you know blockage of of that. Um, so that is very much dependent on you. But as a general rule, when it comes to if everything else is working well, there's a fallopian tube near the ovary with no blockages, then it um, it shouldn't affect fertility because the ovary should take on the job of doing what their two ovaries used to do. Cool, so I hope that that helped rapid fire Q&A this week. Um, that is all for this week. Next week we've got a really special guest coming on, Grant Schofield. Uh, he's Professor of Public Health at um, Auckland University of Technology uh, and also the Director of the Human Performance Clinic there. Um, massive interest in chronic diseases like insulin resistance and so we're going to be talking all about that. We talk about a lot of different topics very, very interesting guy, very knowledgeable. So tune in and hear his take on especially the risk that we have or, or why not getting on top of things like insulin resistance can 
what that can lead to later in life and why it's super important not just for our symptoms and our fertility to get onto it now but why it's super important for our long-term health to do that until then I hope you have a fantastic week Remember that if you want to start understanding more about your own body, what's going on, then you can either, you know, I'm sure that many of you have spent a lot of time uh, trying different things, researching on the internet, but really it's about figuring out what's going on for your body. As I mentioned in this podcast and in the last podcast as well, we can't tell you the right thing to do. Like I know a lot of you in my question box on Instagram, a lot of people um, say, how, you know, what should I eat? Or um, will I have to live like this forever? Or, you know, questions like that. And it's, I can't answer that because I don't know what's going on in your body. And so you can't just kind of use a scattergun and, and pick a diet or pick a supplement. Um, that's likely going to lead to a lot of heartache, a lot of trial and error, and a long time of frustration versus just figuring out okay, so if my periods are irregular or if, if I'm not getting pregnant and I am getting a period, then what's going on? What's causing that? Is it an equality issue? Uh, is it that if I'm not getting a period or my periods are 90 days apart, why? Why is my body struggling to ovulate? And how can I actually help my body by uh, giving it, tweaking my lifestyle so that I can actually uh, give it the right message that it can ovulate? And um, this isn't just general healthy living, right? These are the, it can be some quite specific tweaks. So don't think, well, I, I don't know, Claire. This is not going to work because I'm already living a healthy lifestyle. I'm already exercising. I'm not a slob. I'm not eating macas three times a day. Totally get it. Most women I work with are not, but they still we can still make some massive, well, some little tweaks for them that can have massive improvements. So um, generally, this is stuff that you're not going to just know yourself. Um, it takes some knowledge in this area to figure that stuff out so if you want to know about this then the PCOS protocol is definitely the right place to come to understand this so in the first week we spend the whole like literally the almost the whole week figuring out what's going on in your body based on what you know the symptoms that you're having um, and if you have any blood work great we can work with that as well but a lot of it is based on symptoms we can tell a lot from that so this is things that you can do now while you're waiting um, while any fertility treatment has been put a big pause on it, you can still do this stuff. And in many cases, in a lot of cases, it is incredibly effective. And also is will at least at the worst case scenario mean that you're in a really healthy place to start your fertility treatment when things do come back on. So if you want to know more about that, then head to the PCOS protocol dot uh, so the pcosnutritionist.com forward slash the PCOS protocol or just hit program from the main menu. Um, and if you want to know about charting your cycle, so starting to measure your temperature and cervical fluid, understand when you're fertile in your cycle. And then, you know, if your luteal phase is sufficient, if you're, um, uh, how many, you know, how to tell when you're pregnant in early stages, then that is what we teach you in our short course educated.com so e-g-g-d-u-c-a-t-e-d.com um, and that is a short seven-day course where you can start so you can start whatever time you are in your cycle you can start this tomorrow all you need is a thermometer and you're good to go so if you want to find out about more about that head to those websites they are also linked in the show notes and as always if you have questions need answers then email us at hello at the pcosnutritionist.com and we're more than happy to tell you more about those there thanks for joining me and catch you next week now stand by for our disclaimer 
The information contained in this podcast has been prepared for the purpose of providing information including about the PCOS nutritionist products and services and is designed to support clients' overall wellness. It is not intended to provide medical advice or designed to rectify, treat or cure any specific medical conditions or diseases. Nothing stated or shared in our podcast is intended to be and must not be taken to be medical advice. Please seek the advice of professionals as appropriate regarding the evaluation of any specific information, opinion, advice or content contained in our podcast.